Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today we have a special guest with us. We have Miss Nicole Ananda, who is a healer, a coach, so many different things rolled up into one. And so we are just going to dive in today and really talk about how she works with people to help them really tap into their full potential. So welcome today, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so excited to have a fellow healer on today. This is awesome. So um, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about you and then what it is that you do to really work with people. Yeah, thank you. Um, I really empower the awakened woman. I tend to work with women, the awakened woman to unleash her passions, her power and her purpose. And what that means is diving deep <laughs> into inner child work, into your past. And like many coaches, you know, really breaking through some of those limiting beliefs and stepping and reclaiming your power, stepping into your power, reclaiming your power, your confidence. Really everything to me is about energy healing and energy work. Um, some might say energy medicine, which I love. And that is clearing the pathways, the energetic pathways to becoming more in alignment. And I say like more alignment with your soul, with your soul's purpose. And how do we get more women on the planet living in their soul's purpose, right? That, that's really my passion. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's, that's my mission here on the planet, awakening more and more women and having them step forward and really guide themselves to their soul. I think that is such a powerful and amazing purpose to have because we really need more of that. I think there's so many women out there who are afraid to really step outside their comfort zone and really dive deep to understand who they really could be if they just had the courage to try. So that's awesome that you do that. So how do you do that? How do you take someone who may be sitting there going, eh, I'm just feeling kind of meh about life and it's not exciting. So what do you do to help somebody who may be thinking that? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. You know, and I, I feel like this is my purpose because I was that person, right? Who didn't really understand like, how do I step into my soul's purpose? you know we grow up in society and it's very patriarchal and masculine and in learning energy work as a yogi i've, I've been a yogi for 13 years as a teacher trainer and a, and a yoga teacher um i really started to learn about subtle body energy and about what it means to be feminine and when i learned the information i thought wow i'm, I'm actually really masculine and i know many many women who felt the same way because that's how we've been taught and that's what society asks for, which is a lot of competition and stepping over and, um, you know, just all these things that aren't very feminine. And so what I learned through that process of, of self-discovery was how to drop in and how to slow down, how to listen, how to be more creative, how to be okay with trusting the unknown. And so when a woman is feeling resistant in her life, I feel like she's holding on, you know, she's really holding on to the past and what maybe society has instructed her to do or what her parental situation was or 
you know, the myriad of things environmentally that we're up against um, throughout our lives. So I, I want women to really dive into beginning the beginning of the chakra system. I actually teach through the energetics of the chakra system to their root, like their inner child, how they were birthed into the world. What was their caretaking like, you know, the mother story, the father story, their relationship. And I, I take people on a journey through that chakra system because it's really the blueprint. It's, it's like your unique blueprint to your life. And some might think that's just energy, but it's, it's all of our life. It's like physical, energetic, emotional, mental. And when we become conscious of that information, if we haven't worked with that, it's mind blowing really, because you start to see that you've been living in almost the lives of other people or under the influence of something else. It's like, you've been asleep and then you recognize, wow, that's where I've been. That's where, why I feel resistant. I'm, I'm really not living my particular unique full potential. I'm living at the whim of all these external circumstances, forces, etc. And so it's like bridging the gap, right, between the inner child and the subconscious mind and emotions and, and finding the higher mind or the higher consciousness and creating yeah, like a bridge. I always think of like a rainbow, like this rainbow light body bridge to where you're going and, and accessing that, that higher uh, potential within oneself. That's awesome. And I love that you use the chakras too, because I don't think many people know enough about them or even when you have chakras that are out of alignment and when you, you know, how many, it causes so many different physical and emotional symptoms. And I don't think people even realize that, but using them to really talk about your path. Now that is something I've never really dived into before. And I think that that is an interesting topic. Yeah, yeah I feel like it's pretty unique. And I, I feel like I got blessed with that information because as a woman who was a, working in the corporate world for 15 years, I used to work in advertising and marketing. I had a very linear Western mindset. And then when I became a yogi, I kind of got really sucked in and went down the rabbit hole with it, but I loved it, this esoteric knowledge. And I thought, wow, you know, they're not really speaking to one another, the Western mind and the Eastern mind. And it wasn't until I would say when I got introduced to like Deepak Chopra and, and some of the luminaries that have done this so well of bridging Western and Eastern, I started to realize that I could do the same thing. I could, I could access that, those, that information and look at the, the chakra system as a way, as a blueprint for our, our life. And, it, but it took me years. I mean, I studied, the chakra system for like 10 years before this actually came to me where I really understood it to that level of, um, because it, it's our narratives, right? It's our narratives and, and it, yeah, it came together that way. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> if you learned this stuff when we were kids yeah. or if parents learned this in relationship to their children, it would make a real big difference because you would start to understand what they're learning about themselves through that system like root chakra is about the mother the sacral chakra is about how the parents relate to each other or to the father 
And then third chakra is like, how do you identify yourself in the world? How are you confident? Are you not? Do you have support? Do you not? Do you know your gifts? Do you not? And, and then like really understanding those first couple of chakras as you're developing would, and having parents that could, let's say, support that would be really interesting. And then using that to come into like the heart, the heart's really about service and, and coming into connection with your tribe and your community and then opening your voice and, and finding ways of, of speaking the truth and your authentic self and, and honesty, you know, and it's like, if, if our families all understood that they could support that, right? Like right now my son's five and, um, he's coming into his voice and he really is. He's learning how to speak up for himself when, when kids are bullying at school or, or things like that or pushing, you know, they're not really bullying at five. They're just kind of exploring their bodies, but it's like, can you open your voice and tell them that you don't like that thing, you know, and that that's going to really help him with his authentic voice, right? Standing mm -hmm. up for himself and then eventually connecting to our intuition honoring those gifts of intuition, honoring that connection to meditation and imagination, and, and then eventually to that cosmic kind of connection of the seventh chakra. But our, our whole system is really developed between zero, we'll say an eight. So those formative years of development, there's so much information that we're absorbing, right? We're like little sponges just taking it all in. Um, but that, that programming that resides there is, is really what holds us back to in the future if we're not resolved with our emotions or our healing or our trauma or, you know, whatever it is that comes up during the, those, those years. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that you bring it up that people, um, they're not living their authentic, true lives. And I think you're so right. That is the number one thing that I see with people is they're living someone else's idea of what their life should look like. And it comes from all of the programming, from the conditioning, from when you were raised, what society says, and your point about society being more masculine is so right on too. And what I think we're seeing now is this huge shift in energies. So we're moving away from the masculine and more people are moving into the feminine which I think is, um, it's pretty interesting to watch actually. And so I think that what you're doing is really interesting and in helping people to kind of move away from that masculinity and move more toward the femininity, which is creating and, you know, connecting to mother earth and all of those things and being more collaborative and cooperative with people, which is, a, that's an awesome thing. I think so many of us need to be doing that more. And I love that you're helping people step into their purpose because I feel like so many people, myself included, we didn't step, we didn't know what our purpose was or step into it when we first got out of high school, you know, and they're like, go to college, do what you want to do. And most of us picked a career path that our parents were like, oh, this, this is what you should do. Or, you know, at least I did. And I ended up changing it several times until finally finding what I'm doing now. So I think that's interesting. And I love that you're helping women to find their purpose. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it, just like you, I mean, I, I was told what to do. And I thought that's what you did, you know, be the good, dutiful daughter and do what everyone's telling you you've probably had this experience too. It's just really unsatisfying, right? So we're kind of going through the motions 
and wondering why nothing's really clicking. You know, you, we might even have success, but then be unhappy. And, and so really the quest was like, how do I find happiness and, and fulfill my desires? And then I recognized, you know, desire and pleasure and sensuality, these are very feminine qualities. And the masculine energy is very linear. And it's a beautiful dance and nothing wrong with the masculine. Obviously we need that container and we, we want that energy of action. But um, yeah, there's that missing, that missing component of the feminine power, which is very much about intuition. And I love that we're kind of changing the guards of energy and coming into that, that feminine empowerment because for so long, we've been suppressing our voice and we've, we might have fear that if we say the wrong thing, we'll be right ridiculed or rejected or, you know, all the different kinds of shadowy, I call it the victim or the martyr, um, or even we're blaming and shaming because we feel upset and rageful, right. For, for being suppressed or repressed <laughs> a lot of that kind of shadowy energy or, the other one, the other shadow that I like to talk about is the rescuer. We're rescuing everybody. We're doing all of it, right? Women will do all of it and kind of let others be enabled or just sit back and, and not do because we got it all, you know, and that is really hurtful to our systems. And that's why there's so many women that are just exhausted, right? And yeah. it's like, how do I do all of this stuff? It's so crazy. Um, but it's really boils down to our responsibility at this point to heal that and and so much is about healing right because healing is such a feminine uh quality yeah. so i love i love that we get to do all this healing work right now on the planet <laughs> i know it's so nice to finally see a lot of people i think waking up to oh you know what maybe what i grew up with maybe what i was taught wasn't really the way things should be and trying to really look at that i think you know, I teach high school too, and I see that every day that I've always said this, the young people, so many people will say, oh my gosh, we're in so much trouble. Look at the future generations, like millennials, you know, and to me, I, I'm the opposite. I really see a lot of really awesome qualities in the young people that are, um, you know, becoming adults because they're more inclusive to me, uh, the, the young adults that I work with, they're more inclusive, um, they're more open-minded and very creative, like thinking outside of the box. So I'm very hopeful, <laughs> you know, not everybody is, but I'm very hopeful about the new energies that are coming in. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. And, and just to support them, right? I mean, if I think in terms of spirituality, I mean, you were talking about spirituality earlier, you know, if we're really being spiritual, the, the younger kids are closer, if you will, to spirit, right? Because they're less conditioned. And so we want to be listening to them. We want to be listening to their creativity and what they have to say. And if we're evolving as human beings, as a species, they're going to be smarter than us in yeah. many ways, right? <laughs> we're just conditioning them to live here. But we've kind of screwed up the earth. You know, we've, we've really not paid attention to our source connection with, with the planet. We've separated ourselves in so many ways and isolated ourselves. And I mean, we're still tribally wired from what I'm understanding about our brains and neurology is like, 
we're, the neuroscience says we're still we still got the same brain. So if we're still tribally wired, that's why it's not working, right? We're isolating and moving into boxes and little cars and this is my property and that's you know all this infighting and within the species and and I do see that what you're seeing from like babysitters, let's say over my kid, it's like, they're like, yeah, let's meet up with other people. Let's start a community. They're very open from what I'm seeing. And I think that's beautiful and, and really needs to be a, a rewarded and supported. You know? Right, exactly. And I see so many young people going out and trying to make change to like really real lasting change. Even, you know, we saw, in the last election, kids going out and trying to get people to go vote just to get out there and in the community. And uh, in my school, there are a lot of different groups who are collecting things for nursing homes and, you know, trying to do all of these service projects, which are not a requirement. I mean, it's not required for them to do, but they're just on their own, wanting to get out there and see how they can make things better and help. And that's very, very, um encouraging to me to see that i think it's amazing oh so beautiful i love that <laughs> so i know that you delve a lot into spirituality with the work that you do which is you know that's what we kind of talk about a lot on my podcast because i've talked to many of my listeners and we all kind of have similar stories in that many of us were raised in a certain religion and then didn't really agree with, you know, all of the tenets of that religion and felt like it was very constricting and just a lot of things for me growing up. I just thought, how can that be? Because it what didn't seem to be so community centered and accepting of everyone. And for me, that's why I really broke out and kind of sought my own my own information about spirituality and went within to find what did I think was the truth. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your own like spiritual journey and how that's kind of how you incorporate that with what you do? Yeah, that, that's so great. I love that you asked that question because I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I grew up in a, in a Catholic household with a mother who was actually an ex-nun. And so there were a lot of restrictions, rules. I was, I was brought up with a lot of consequences and a lot of punishment and often felt like things were always my fault. Like I couldn't do it right or things. That, so when I started to uncover and unpack what I call core wounding, which I'm sure many coaches do, it's like, what are those core wounds that you're still carrying around? A lot of them had to do with, the, with that religion and the way that I was brought up. I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, worthy. I'll, I'll never get it right. God is, is a punisher. And I had to develop my own sense like you of what is the authentic truth for me and what is my relationship to spirit? You know, what is, what is God and what is source? And it was really through yoga and then becoming a Reiki master and learning about energy and then diving into some of these ancient indigenous wisdom. So I studied shamanism, excuse me, shamanism for 10 years. And I went to the jungles of Peru and I drank ayahuasca and plant medicines and I did all sorts of spiritual journey work. And I had a Kundalini awakening actually in the jungle drinking plant medicines and 
was just connected really to, to nature. It connected me to nature. And I found that spirituality was really all around us in every single present moment, every single breath, every single everything on this planet is God, is source, is energy. And so that became really my spirituality was energy, energy as source energy, energy as light, light body. We're all made, all sentient beings of this energy, including the planet as a consciousness. And then I started to dive into, you know, Deepak Chopra's work and some quantum physics work and epigenetics work. And I just like really explored. And um, I would say to kind of go back to your question, I started to think like, how do I, how do I get people in connection with their own spirituality? And that to me was through energy. So it, it does go to mapping to some of my programs, which I was talking about. Um, the chakra system, but also things like Reiki energy medicine, working with that for healing. And then eventually I got to breath work. And you'd think as a yogi, I'd know about breath work. And I did like short breath work kriyas, but a lying down breath work practice, there's these practices now that people are coming into uh, alignment with that are called transformational breath work or three part breath work or clarity breath work. There's different ones. And people lie down for about 45 minutes and you go through these breathing patterns with them. And what happens is it can induce, well, it gets them to relax so deeply that it can eventually induce these incredible visions and connections where people can go back, you know, into the, into their timeline, their past, heal things, see things, get literally like these downloaded images and I was, I, when I witnessed it, I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible. And then I was like, it's your breath. You know, our source energy travels on the breath. So of course, like this makes sense. Like, how did I not discover this before? So I, I got really into the breath work. And so now that's my primary practice with my clients is doing coaching with them, getting to that emotional connection, understanding their trauma and what they're dealing with. And then literally putting them on my table, or I do it online as well, very much so, and having them do these breathwork practices. And through that experience, it amplifies and deepens the energy work, the Reiki work, and they're using their own life force. So they're starting to connect, they're creating that bridge between the inner child work, the past, the subconscious, and their higher mind. And I'm just seeing these really transformative results that I'm super jazzed about because for me, not it's a little less work. I got to be honest, as a healer, I feel like I'm just like letting them do what their body wants to do. And that the body's so freaking intelligent. It's like so amazing. So the body's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And they're having these deep somatic energy releases and insights, you know, real breakthroughs through that practice and it's a pretty quick practice like I said 45 minutes and they're like whoa and then they'll get off the table after after our session and tell me all the things that have happened and I'm like whoa that's spiritual you know like that's God because it's infinite I've never heard any experience be the same ever it's always unique and it's always exactly what they need and and that's not me you know that's them that's their connection to their spirit and to their higher spirit and to their connection to, to source energy. 
So it's like, woo, it's like miraculous. You know, I love it. <laughs> as they do it. What's that? They're seeing visions as they do this breath They work. are. I mean, I've, I've heard wild stories like, oh, I saw my whole lineage. I saw my grandmother who passed. I received this message. I, I saw my past. And like I had somebody recently see a traumatic event that they had not uncovered, but they knew it was there, but they hadn't really connected to it because they were disassociative um, with it. And so real healing, you know, and because it's, it's your energy, it feels very safe, right? It's like you're in control. Um, if you get to a place, it's not going to, it, it's not triggering deeper trauma. It's actually releasing the trauma, you know, and allowing them to process it in real time. And that, that's like so powerful, so powerful. So yeah, I'm, so, so I'm loving this practice. Um, and I want everybody to be able to do it. I'm like, it's your breath, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. I know when I do Reiki work also, sorry guys, uh, the wind is blowing very strong and it's probably blowing leaves and my dogs bark at everything, so. We welcome the dog energy, right? We love dogs, it's so great. Um, but when I do Reiki with my own clients, you know, they will say that they've seen departed loved ones come to them while they're having the Reiki session, or they also have talked about getting visions when they have the Reiki session. So I can totally see how that would work if you're doing the breath work. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting, but it's amazing to me how you're doing it with trauma, because that is something that is so prevalent right now. People it's like everyone experiences trauma at some point. I just think everyone does. I always say this, but birth is traumatic, even if you don't remember your own birth, but you think about it. I mean, it's a pretty traumatic thing going from being a light being with no gravity and to coming into this heavy, heavy earth. Um, I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who said, he remembered telling his dad when he was like 12 years old, I hate it here it's heavy um, and it's restrictive. And he's like, I didn't know what it was like to be anywhere else. He said, I didn't have any memories of being anywhere else. He just said, I just knew I hated it here. Mm. And it was a very powerful statement because as a 12 year old, you know, he's not making anything up, but our, we remember that this feels very heavy. It feels very different than what we're used to. We're, we're kind of, we think that, you know, this is our permanent thing and heaven is like a short time thing, but it's actually the very opposite, you know, of that. And so I think that a lot of people experience trauma here and doing breath work to release that would be amazing. And that would be such a wonderful tool for people to be able to, because there's probably things they, as you said, don't even remember that right. are layered. Yeah body remembers and and that's i i learned that through yoga because i would see in teacher trainings people fall apart after a big back bend as an example and you know as an energy healer it's like we carry so much information in our bodies and just just the other day i was talking about this because we were talking my friend was talking about like the layers of the body and i was like yeah you know in yoga we learn about the koshas this is very basic foundational information that you learn in, in teacher trainings that 
the way that the Eastern philosophy of yoga is taught is that the physical body is just the, the last layer. It's the outer encasement, but everything else is like the Russian doll, those little Russian dolls or the big doll, then the little doll, and the little doll until you get to that <laughs> tiny little doll, which is the causal body, which is the heart, which is your soul, or some people would say, and your karma, your samskaras. And so when we're feeling pain and ailments in our physical body, there's it's so much deeper than that, right? So as a Reiki practitioner, that's what we're always doing is going below the surface of what we're being told. It's like, oh, I got this thing on my elbow or I'm having trouble with, you know, constipation. It, it's good to know the chakra system because we know, okay, there's an emotional component to it or an energetic component to it. And, and that's all stemming from, right, like our narratives, right, our emotional trauma, really. Um, and, of course, there's acute injury, and I'm not, you know, disregarding that. And I'm not disregarding Western medicine. There's, there's other things, too. But the majority of pain and suffering is so much deeper than the physical body. And so these layers, you know, and layers upon information boil down to, I've never met anybody that doesn't have trauma of some sort. Just like you said, birth is is absolutely traumatic. I mean, I'm I'm running a women's group right now for postpartum moms, and the the birth story. We just got to the birth stories. I let everybody share their birth story, and it was just constant tears because th these birth stories were like literally like so freaking traumatic. I couldn't even believe it. I was like in shock. And as a culture, we don't talk about that stuff it's like all the rainbows and unicorns and we're supposed to have this perfect water birth with you know all the things and almost every woman in this group wanted a water birth and they wanted you know this perfection and that's not what they got you know and but there is a higher i i feel like you you know there's definitely this higher divine plan and consciousness at play and we're coming in with our own set of dharmic uh plans if you will like our destiny right so our birth tells a lot about who we're going to be, what qualities we're going to have. You know, if we're if we fought during our birth, maybe we needed to learn those qualities in this lifetime, at this now in this body. You know, and so yeah, the birth is the first trauma, and then there's many. Oh my God, do I hear stories all day long? Every single family has trauma. They're all different, and even if you're a great parent. It doesn't mean you're you're good for your kid. Yeah. Your kid has their own set of needs, desires, wants, plan, etc., and that may not be what they need. And so, relying on a human mom or a human dad to fulfill all your needs is absolutely you, you can't do that. It's impossible, right? So everybody's going to have their trauma, whether it's big trauma or small trauma. It's all trauma in form as I say, and, and I really believe in like our light though, who we are on a, on a like cosmic level is so much bigger than any trauma that we we've ever suffered. These are, this is a university, you know, is what I say, like earth university, like, yeah, sometimes it sucks and it's dense and we don't want to be here, but we're, we're evolving. And that's the point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Everything yeah. is a lesson. And, you know, you talk about all of the traumas we carry with us from like birth to childhood. But if you believe in past lives, there's another whole set of traumas that you carry with you and your cellular memory. So we've got all of that going on, too. And I think that people don't realize that. And so 
they do the work and they're like, why is this so hard? Why? I feel like I get a layer. I feel better. And then all of a sudden I don't feel good again. And yeah, it's in layers because it's so deep. It goes so deep that you have to keep doing the work in order to really get to all of it. You know, it's kind of like, it feels like if I can use an example, trying to keep a floor clean when you have dogs who shed, you know, you <laughs> clean it up one day, you turn around and you're like, I just swept the floor and now there's hair all over again. And so it's like, you have to keep cleaning it up. That is what it feels like to do the work sometimes. Not that it has to be hard, but just that you have to keep doing it. Like it is so important to continuously work at it. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I, I love that. I've been thinking about that phrase, doing the work, you know, it's a very popularized term in our field. And I, I, I keep thinking, is this something that we can reframe, like doing the work? Does it, does it have to always be work? Because, and you've probably seen this with clients too. It's like, we can get stuck sometimes in doing the work. Mm -hmm. just like anything else. Like mm -hmm. I, I have to fix myself. I have to, there's something wrong with me. I need to fix more. And I agree with you that it's a constant evolution. Um, and, and could it be easy? And, and I think really what it boils down to is like surrendering, right? It's like, how, how much can we surrender? And, and can we just accept that that is part of, of our evolution that we're, we will be personally developing throughout the whole time that we're here, hopefully, you know, and that, that, that maybe that's the blessing. I, I feel like it gets a little bit easier, you know, it gets easier. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think it gets easier. It's just, you know, there's a lot of people who, I'm not going to name any names, but people who just want to take magic pills to, you know, I always get people who come to me like, well, I just want to feel better. So can you just do this and I'll feel better? And I, you know, I'll always say like, no. <laughs> right. Don't put all the eggs in my basket. <laughs> if I could develop a pill that just made you feel better, that I would love that because I would be rich. But no, I can't do that. It does get easier. I mean, I just want to encourage people who do want to improve themselves, and anyone who's listening to this podcast obviously does. It does get easier. But what I meant when I said you have to do the work is just that, you know it's important to continuously improve upon the version of yourself because we can always be better. There will never be a point in time when I'll go, yeah, I'm good. I'm done. I, I'm perfect. We're not. Right. <laughs> so right. it's important to keep doing the work, but I like your idea of trying to call it something else because I think that when people hear the word work, we're immediately like, ah, and <laughs> reaction, like, oh, I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> have to be a bad thing you know I think about working out when I you know most people here I work out it's like the same reaction like uh but I try to find things that are fun and yeah. make it something you look forward to like oh well I'm gonna do a dance class because it's fun and it flies by because you're listening to awesome music and before you know it it's over and you've done something good for yourself so in the same way when you work on yourself, it can be the same way. You can approach it in a, this is gonna be really good and come at it as a positive attitude because you are gonna feel better afterwards. You will feel better. I totally agree with you. I think that was really wise what you were saying. And it, it, you know, having fun, making it playful, 
um, we really want to tap into what it what is playful for us because it's so different for everybody and it's that you know that pressure that people feel that makes them kind of rebellious and turn the other direction right so what is it that they love to do um, and then let that passion really drive, like you're saying, their development and their work. And that's a little bit like going back to like soul's purpose is, is what I also teach is how to tap into the things that you love to do when you were a kid. What are those things that were really playful for you that really jazzed you up that you forgot about because you were told it was frivolous or didn't mean anything or you'll never make any money doing that or whatever that thing is and start doing those things again because those are the ways that you creatively express yourself. And that is so much about becoming in alignment with that soul, which was your child, right? Your inner soul is your innocent little being inside of you that just got to play. Well, hopefully, I mean, not everybody got to play, but that, that wanted to play, that had that desire to like, look at the earth as like this massive playground, like, wow, I'm here. Now I'm here. What do I do? You know, there's so many things. It's, it can be that fun too. Um, and yes, you'll have the hard days. And yes, it will be work sometimes. But I think you hit the nail on the head with that statement of, of really having fun, you know? Yeah. I think as kids, at least for myself, I felt like I knew a lot more than sometimes I think I know now. But I feel like there was this inner wisdom as a, a child that I felt like I always knew exactly what I wanted to do. And then as I got older, that shifted through what people said I should do or what I thought I could achieve. And I've learned that it's kind of brought me back to what I thought my purpose originally was. As a kid, it was to be a doctor. I wanna be a doctor. I would say that all the time. And then I went to high school and I was terrible at math and chemistry, not good at all. and. I just thought, okay, well, it's not going to happen. So I went into something else, but I still ended up coming back to that healing modality just in a different way. And then I became a Reiki practitioner and um, a coach also helping people. So when I wanted to heal, I was thinking more along the lines of the traditional medicine and those kinds of things, but you can be a healer in so many different ways. And so I think it's interesting that as a child, I knew more about what I wanted to do than I did as an adult. And I think probably a lot of people will find similar stories. Yeah, that's an incredible story. I love hearing that. And I, I hear that all the time with women who, who want to be of service, right? Like they really deeply want to help people and they get pigeonholed. Like you kind of got pigeonholed in a certain direction. But, you know, be, holding space as a, in service to others is literally infinite. There's so many different ways that you could do that. And um, but our school system, like you said, it's very geared in one direction, right? At least in the United States, it's like English, math, right? Just just a few things. And there's so many subjects. I'm, it's very fascinating that it's only, you know, geared on on, and on these subjects. Um, I have my son actually in a Waldorf school for that reason. It's, it's much more about like imaginative play and nature. And they do some pagan kind of style ritual. It's about learning different techniques and skills with the earth and, and ritual and seasons. So I wanted to put him back 
into the earth, you know, again and, and, and figure out how this place works because if we are going to save the planet and we are going to be solution driven, we need to know how this place operates, you know, on a cellular level again. And that's what's really been missing. So I'm grateful that you came back to your your service in the world and that you get to do what, what you love doing. That's so important, so important. And I hope that my son, as an example, can do the same thing. It's just like, I, I'm not, I don't want to pigeonhole him into anything. It's just like, here's the earth. <laughs> now, what are your, what do you love doing? What are your gifts? What are your talents? And let's see how to cultivate that and support that, you know, as best as we can. Yeah, I think that a lot of kids now we're seeing this in education, the schools, the traditional schools, the way that we're setting them up are really failing them because they don't, almost like they don't feel like they fit in, yeah. if that makes any sense. And I don't think, especially kids who are sensitive and have gifts, they really hate the traditional schooling. Uh, and I know my own children did not enjoy it. And that's difficult because they're, we're, we're teaching kids for jobs that haven't even been created yet. Right. We, we really truly are. It's like the, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't know what a social media manager was because it didn't exist. And yet that is something that really in owning your own business, I do that all the time as I manage my own social media. These are things that people, we don't have courses for right now. Even in high school, like we might, we have a Photoshop class, but it doesn't teach you how to manage social media and do all of these things. I know colleges are doing more of those things now, but those are things they should be doing in high school and helping kids to understand, is this something that interests me or is this where I have talents? And so our traditional education kind of fails because we're not, I don't think we're challenging kids in all directions, you know? Yeah, I, I, the wisdom that I really gleaned from that statement that you made was, it's almost like, you know, schools are set up traditionally, so they have these curriculums, and it continues to kind of go in that direction. It's, it's material that is taught every year, let's say, and it doesn't feel like it's in real time. So it's not as like, you're not getting the skills that are presently needed necessarily right like you you were saying we're, we're not training them there's jobs in the future that don't even exist now so how do we train them well it feels like we have to be doing what's in real time with them right which is like life skills right it's so hard yeah yeah it is and and just the way that things are set up that classes have to go get approval and then things have to be the way that you have, yeah, you have to do things it doesn't last to be yeah. real time. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, and it's a good insight because you know maybe things will change too with with what's happened where so much is going online that there could be more online opportunities where they can change the curriculum quickly and there's less bureaucracy or what have you. Yeah, but that is really interesting <laughs> about school. <laughs> Well, this has been such an interesting and fascinating conversation. I've loved it. Oh, it's been great to be with you too. <laughs> I want to thank you for being here. So if people want to work with you, if they want to try doing the breath work, because I know that you were talking about 
a course that you have coming up in breathwork if they wanted to take the course or maybe they just want to follow you and and learn more about you how can they do that yeah so um my website is nicole ananda coaching and like i said i'm an intuitive healer so i do reiki and breath work and and other modalities there's ways to work with me in that capacity and then i'm also a women's empowerment coach and i do have programs that combine eastern and western um, and bridge just like we were talking about through the architecture of the chakra system and that's called unleash the priestess that's on there as well and then i have a healing arts training so for people who are interested in becoming healers in the world if they're interested in in getting different modalities under their belt so that they can work as a healing arts professional my mentor and i created this training and it's through a place called the sacred valley spiritual retreat which is in mount shasta so that is that information is also with all of these other things too so i would just say maybe connect with me on um, instagram as well which is unleash the priestess the name of one of my courses unleash the priestess at instagram nicoleanandacoaching.com is my website and yeah, I mean, I really would love to mentor people and teach them about breathwork. The breathwork training, it's a its a training. I call it a healing arts training, but it is also to train as a breathwork facilitator. So you could learn how to do that within groups or individual sessions. And then we teach um, Reiki, inner child work, shamanism as a method of healing, uh, psycho-spiritual coaching, and guided imagery and hypnotherapy. So they're all combined one year long program. So it's pretty awesome. I love it. I'm so we're so excited that we created it. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Well, I will also have those links for you guys in the show notes too. So if you want to go visit her website or follow her on Instagram, you can simply click on the show note links. They will be right there for you. So if you had any departing, not departing, but parting words yeah. wisdom for our listeners today, what would that be? I would say that everything in our life is a choice. And one of the mantras I've always used in my life in terms of how do I make good choices? How do I align with my path is choice by choice, breath by breath is choosing if I want to be in fear or choosing if I want to be in love. And that seems to be guiding me quite well these days. And when you do go into fear, not to judge yourself because that exists, but to just simply ask yourself, you know, what is it that I'm in fear around? And how, and maybe you need support. Maybe you reach out for support. Or maybe that's an old condition or an old belief. So how can I heal that so I can move into uh, choosing love? Love that. That is beautiful advice. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nicole, for being here with us today. This was so great. So this is so awesome to be here with you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> And I want to thank all of you for being here with us too. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. 
And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with others. Thank you for those of you who've done that. If you want to follow me on social media, I go live Mondays at 630 Central in Facebook, where I do a free card reading. If you show up for the live, I'll pull a card especially for you. And also, if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaopen.com. There you can see all of the list of services I offer. You can book from my website. And all of my services are done online through Zoom, so you never have to leave the comfort of your own home. Thank you guys so much. As always, I am sending you so much love and light. I hope you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.